0: friends welcome back to another episode of the tile money podcast tile money is strengthening the tile industry we're doing this with our business education designed for contractors by contractors this education is helping tile contractors around the world to build sustainable profitable businesses the result is a stronger industry from the installer up Today, we've got a great interview, a great roundtable discussion. I have three guests today. Just one of these guests would be amazing, but to have all three, wow, we're excited today. We've got very talented people in the audience, and I'm, uh, we're anxious to get into their businesses and get some advice on how to charge for mosaic tile work. We've got Angie... Alford Ray out of uh, um, Utah area, Utah State. We got Joshua Nordstrom from Alaska, and we got Lee Caliwart from Wisconsin. So before we bring them on and get into their businesses, I would like to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. These are the companies who are investing back into you, the tile contractor, the listener. It's good to be here with with everybody. Thanks for commenting, and as we get to know these. guests today feel free to ask them your questions all right so our first sponsor is the ntca and that's where you can make friends with some of the nation's most professional tile contractors the ntca is the oldest association oldest and largest association for tile contractors and uh it You go to these events, you go to some of their free trainings, open to the public, and you're going to be able to meet tile contractors from around the nation, uh, get to know their business, and and it's incredible. It's incredible. If you're looking for mentors, you can and will find them in the NTCA. Reach out to Jim Olson on Facebook or LinkedIn. Laidcrete International is another sponsor of ours. Laidcrete is the oldest One of the oldest uh, manufacturers of the modern tile installation materials that we use today. They're continually, uh, continue to be innovative from the day they invented Thinset to now today, innovating, uh, coming out with some of the most innovative grout like Spectralock One, which was released last year, and everybody is loving it who's using these products um, like Spectralock One. So GoBoard is another one of our sponsors we would like to thank. GoBoard is a Johns Mansville's company, it is a lightweight waterproof tile back. Board and it's easy to cut, easy to handle, easy to install. You can build the complete shower assembly with the GoBoard products. And time is money, and GoBoard is designed to save you time and earn you more money. And Happy Tile Guy is the best place to get your professional website built for Tile Guys by a Tile Guy, yours truly. And if you enjoy this show, please go over to iTunes and give us a five star rating. All right, without further ado, I'd love to bring on the guests. Hey, Josh. How's it going? It's going good. Where are you coming from? And the name of your business, please.
1: Uh, I am in Homer, Alaska. And the name of my business is Tierra Tile LLC.
0: Nice. At Tierra Tile on Instagram?
1: At Tierra Tile on Instagram. And uh, just I guess you can just find me at Tierra Tile on Facebook. Nice.
0: <laughs> and we've got Lee. Lee Caliwort.
2: Hey, everybody. Lee Kaliwert on Dragonfly Tile and Stoneworks out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin
0: and angie ray
3: hey everybody i'm angie and my studio is based out of south salt lake utah and my business is unique mosaics
0: excellent now probably everybody that's listening is is familiar with with your um your companies and the art you all all of you produce Um, but if they're not I highly recommend my listeners to find these good folks uh, either in Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, you can find all these uh, good artisan people attending most of the trade shows, you know, and, and make friends with them. Um, they are doing something really cool inside their Facebook group, which we'll get into, uh, which was started by Josh and Lee, I believe, collaboration with the NTCA. They're doing a lot of cool things with the NTCA. Um, all three of these. People here today, so uh, let's let's get into it. We'll just do this roundtable. We'll start with Josh and, and then go to Angie. We'll we'll ask Josh the first question. Uh, tell us about your business, kind of you know the thirty thousand foot overview. Josh, how did it get started, and, and then you know fast forward to today, what it looks like.
1: Well, the the way my business got started is uh, I I dove straight into it, just going for the artistic uh, side of things. Um, in high school, I, I didn't make it through college or I didn't make it to college. Uh, I made it through high school with, um, art being my favorite uh, of all the classes. I did a lot of pottery classes. Um, right out of high school, I bought a kiln and, um, I started making tiles. Uh, you know, I was just doing a lot of sculptures and whatnot. I had a friend ask me to make some tiles for a, a thing he was working on. That's just kind of where it started for me. Um, and I just went into it thinking, oh, I can just make tiles and sell handmade tiles. Well, that's a great idea, but it's really hard to pull off. Mm. Um, so it just kind of led me into it. I was always doing just um, carpentry work. I've done just about everything you can do in the in the um, industries. And uh, I found myself kind of uh, wanting to do more tile work. So I bought a tile saw and just kind of taught myself how to tile, um, like I think a lot of guys do. And, um, you know, and I'm guilty early on of not doing everything the right way, um, as a lot of guys do. And, um, you know, fast forward here, 20 plus years later, um, I'm still doing tile and do it full time. That's all I do. And uh, um, the artwork has gone from one to maybe two projects a year to, to six to twelve projects a year. It just all depends on how big they are. So um, my goal is to make it to Angie's status and just do art and nothing but art. But I still find myself doing regular installs. So I'm almost there.
0: Okay. So you would like to be in the studio?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd like to just be in the studio. Well, I mean, I'd like to do the installs too. Still, but oh, okay. Um, I'd like to. You know, I, I don't want to be just doing floors and backsplashes i you know unless there's some artistic element to it so um homer is a pretty small place so i've kind of got to take what comes at me a lot yeah but i'm getting i'm i'm kind of feel like i'm getting closer and closer to the point where i can just say yes to the artwork and know to everything else so still a little ways off but um, that's my ultimate goal
0: very cool very cool and angie tell us the same question to you uh what did it look like on day one, and then what does what it evolved to today, please?
3: Okay. Well, that's a really big difference between where I started and where I am now. Um, to begin with, if you go back to the very beginning, I wanted to do a project with my kids, and that was back in 2004. I was homeschooling them was looking for an art project and I ran across mosaics and I was particularly inspired by this one mosaic of this crab that I saw online and I just couldn't stop staring at it and I thought it was super cool so I got into it that way that's where just this you know the seed was planted and then so after that it was it was it started become a passion you know I started um doing projects as you know as a hobbyist and um, fast forward to about 2012 I started doing flooring installation and so I was thinking you know I want to incorporate this somehow I'd like to take all of my experience Uh, I had um, a degree in graphic design and advertising Always been involved in art, you know, in in some form, my whole life, and um, I just had this dream, you know, that that came about it was like I want to work for contractors. I want to be able to do this. This is like I feel it in my blood. Like this is what I want to do. So, about 2016, I started. Um, you know, I entered a contest. Uh, for tile, but previously before that, I want to back up a little bit. I immersed myself in the social media in the tile world. I wanted to learn how to um, to actually install properly, so uh, and and use that in mosaic art. So after I won the contest in 2016, which was the GTP uh competition um, that kind of put me on the map so to speak and I started getting a lot of calls and a lot of messages for custom work and uh, so much that I was able to open a business when I moved to Utah and um, it became more of a profession you know at that point and now that's pretty much all I do I don't install anymore. It's pretty rare that I do the installation on site. I'm now considered a manufacturer as far as my business goes. Hmm. So I definitely um, you know, I'm very thankful to where I am now. So It's looking good so far now. I'm
0: busy enough
3: where I'm considering to, you know, might have to hire somebody.
0: Wow. (laughs) So in, in five, in essentially five, I mean, you know, once you got up to 2016, in five years' time, here we are in 2021,
3: mm-hmm. you're
0: at the point where you're in your studio f- virtually full-time to the point where you're considering hiring another.
3: Yeah, yeah. I work on about two to three projects at a time. They might be in different phases. Uh, might be prepping one, designing one, and and working on one or I might be working on three, but I've got a lot going on at one time. So I can just keep the flow so I can stay busy.
0: That's, um, we we definitely kind of need to dig in to, um, you know, how you're going to find your help because finding help is hard enough. Right. And now you have this product mm-hmm. that's unique to you. Now you need nice. to essentially, uh, clone another Angie, right. <laughs> Teach the process. Yeah. So we'll, we'll dig into that in a little bit, but, um, In 2016, when you started getting phone calls, were these from contractors primarily who said, we saw the Artex contest? Yeah. The
3: majority of my business came from contractors, but I've also um, gotten business from architects, designers, homeowners that have found me um, on the internet, you know, through my Instagram page or my website, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: things of that nature, or just word of mouth. Yeah. So, I'm able to work um, nationwide rather than just locally Sure. because of that.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Now, Lee Caliwer, um tell us about the same deal, 30,000 feet. What was it like the day you started up until what your business looks like today, please?
2: Well, I started in Tennessee a couple of years under a master craftsman, ended up working about 15 years for a uh, contractor in Milwaukee here, where I did uh, mainly high-end residential, Uh, and then for the last 20 years, Jane and I have had Dragonfly. Um, I think what's been the constant throughout all of that time is I always wanted to manipulate the materials. Um, Every chance I got, and I've done this forever, it's been a constant 30, uh, yeah, 37 years. (laughs) Um, but you know, I was given a couple hundred feet of 12 by 12 marble. It, I just wasn't satisfied until I at least presented an option to the client where I just made up a pattern with just laying the pieces over the top of each other and just creating this unique, crazy pattern. Then I went from that to cutting, up the material, and making designs um, to lay into the floors or walls or whatever. And that's always, uh, it's been there for 35 out of the 37 years. And then, uh, you know, it was uh, obviously where I am today is based on where I came from, but that was inevitable to do what I do today. Um, uh, I mainly, we don't just do that artistic side, uh, we still do installations, um, but more and more and more, uh, I still like installing, so uh, unless, unless somebody doesn't want to fly me in to, to install the piece I made, um, I, I would prefer to do, to see the project through all the way. Um, because it's not just about, um, making the piece of art. There's another art form of inlaying it in to the background, cutting it in. Um, that's an art form itself. Mm-hmm. And there can be, you can make that another, uh, elevate, you know, elevate your work just by the cut in install process. Um, of materials and designs and what have you. Sure. So, yeah, we're we're going. We have a lot of uh, artwork that we've been pushing out for the nice. last several years.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Well, we're gonna dive into that a little bit. Um, the main topic, of course, we want to get into is pricing. Um, that's something the three of you are constantly asked with the the work the the um, the. The work you're doing with the NTCA, I know you're doing a lot of this style conversations, right, with with the guild and, and, and things like that. And pricing is one of the main questions we get in tile money. And it's even harder, I would think, when you're doing this type of work. Um, one thing I noticed, the common thread with all three of you, it seems like you really had to bring – your artwork to the attention of potential clients to the communities that you live and work in, whether that be like Angie's case. I mean, her community is very large nationwide, but it's all on the internet and Lee and Joshua, their community, you know, they had to know that Lee was capable of, you know, I imagine it was a 12 by 12 marble. You told that story. Most of us would, I mean, get it in, get it in, grout it, get on to the next one. You had to say, I, "I see something here. I see, and by design, you mean with the veining, correct?" Or
2: actually, actually, laying the marble on top of each other and um, creating shapes inside shapes and creating patterns. Um, and so you were effective.
0: okay. So, so you I were was
2: fabricating the tiles.
0: Oh, fabricating the tiles. Okay, so like cutting them up different sizes. And... Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I wasn't sure. So you had to say, this is what we could do. This is an option and present it to the client and kind of introduce your, you know, when, when you're bringing a, a new product to the market, which each one of you are, I mean, your individual Artists, nobody can create really what what's in your brain. You know, I mean, they can get close, but everybody has their own twist on this, which is such a neat opportunity. It does sound like it's a, maybe a little bit more work, but the payoff, I think, we're going to learn um, as we get into this is is large. Joshua, let's go to the second question with you. What's been your biggest obstacle for your business so far, and and how are you overcoming it, or how did you overcome it?
1: uh there's no question. The biggest obstacle for me has been the business side. Um, the business is not a natural thing for me. The, um, the work, you know, I, I don't have a hard time getting the work. Sometimes it's just, I mean, somehow it just finds me. Um, it's cause I've, you know, in a small town here where I've, you know, everybody knows that I'm, I'm the decorative child guy. So I'm mm. uh, just spending enough time here. The, you know, the work comes, um, for me, the creativity just kind of flows too. The business has been the hardest part. Um, the past few years, uh, this is—I'm in two years now. I've uh, with the bookkeeper. That was massive. Like I would try to, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do all. I I'd, I'd go to work every day and work, and then come home and try to do all the paperwork. And then, for me, my idea of like tax season was just. Pulling a shoebox full of receipts out and try to itemize everything and go to the tax guy when he smacks himself on the forehead and is like, oh my God, you're one of these guys. Um so the bookkeeper's massive. Um they take care of that for me. That's done every single month. Every single penny that goes in and out of my business is accounted for. Um another huge thing for me was uh paying myself a salary instead of um just you know, cashing a $10,000 check and being like, wow, I got 10,000 bucks on this job. Let's try to rat hole some money for taxes. And, um, that's, that's totally history now. So now I pay myself a flat salary. That was pretty, pretty massive. Um, and then just finding a good CPA. Um, I'm on my third CPA now. Um, I, re- this is the second year I've been with, with this company and, um, they've just done really well for me. So it's, you know, it's really hard to for something like a CPA. It's, you know, it's gotta be a word of mouth. Uh, You know, I don't know anybody that just opens up the yellow pages and and scrolls through and just tries to find an accountant. So, you know, you just kind of have to talk to everybody and see who people are using and whatnot. But um, yeah, the business part, um, I, I learned some, you know, I learned something new every day. It doesn't matter what project I'm on, but business wise, every single year I, I learn something new. So it's, um, you know, it's it's a constant learning curve for me.
0: Well, I, I can imagine, you know, there's a lot of benefits to getting a bookkeeper and a CPA and, you know, a lot less stress, I would imagine. Is there anything that surprised you? Like, wow, I didn't know this about my business or my money. Or, you know, is there anything surprising that was like,
1: well, I don't know about surprising. It's just the bookkeeper has, you know, for these PPP loans when they came out. I didn't have the time to go figure out the PPP loans and all that. I'm like, eh, whatever. So, you know, my bookkeeper was the one that, that cemented all that in for me and got all that going. And so that, yeah. you know, that was huge. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any real surprises with the bookkeeper. It's just, it's surprising how how smooth the business flows when you've got somebody that you trust doing that for you, you know, it's, and sure it's just another expense, but that's just part of the overhead. You know, you just have to charge a little more to, to, uh, you know, to allow your company to pay for somebody to do your books for you. Yeah. For me. And and all this stuff is, is learned by your, your podcast too. I mean, your podcast came along at the same time, um when I just started to to you know I was I was getting the new CPAs and I was looking for a bookkeeper and, and everything just kind of came together at the right time and it just really um, you know my business is is 180 degrees different than it was three years ago you know before I found all these groups and tile money and everything so um, it's all it's all been great I mean your, your podcast alone has... has has helped a lot in my business and I'm sure a lot of people's businesses listening to this right now. Cause we, you know, we're all, most of us are in this industry because we didn't make it to college and um, you know, we're not business minded people, you know, we, we know how to work then um, you got to learn the business side of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good. It's good. Reminders keeps it top of mind. Kind of, Hey, business is important too. Uh, one thing that surprised me about, my bookkeeper and looking over the numbers with her from from their perspective, it surprised me how how bad my business are doing when you look at the financials. And she's like, "You know what this means? Here, you're not doing so good. So it's it's a good thing. It's good to be aware of that because, like you said, when we get those ten twenty thousand dollar checks, we think we're on top of the world, but sometimes that's not the case. Angie, how about yourself? Uh, what's been your biggest obstacle, and how are you overcoming it?
3: Well, I think my biggest obstacle starting out was starting with nothing—like absolutely nothing, no tools. I was um, at the time a single parent for with five children, and um, I did mosaics on the side. Uh, I had, you know, sometimes two to three jobs that I was working uh, that were completely, had nothing to do with tile. Um, so I guess, you know, no tools, no money, starting a business uh, from, from just an idea basically um, has been my biggest obstacle that I overcame. And uh, basically I overcame it one job at a time You know, the first job, I bought a tool, you know, um, and so on and so forth. So, the next job, I bought something else. I started out with a $10 pair of nippers from, you know, a box store. Sure. (laughs) And and I worked with those for, for many years before I realized hey, I need to spend $60 and buy the cool nippers, <laughs> you know. And then after that, then I just I kept building into my prices, the tools I would need for that job. And then, like, the larger purchases, uh, tile saws and whatnot, um, they came as I had to save money, you know, save up. And I've acquired so much now that I have, I think, everything that I need, Uh, there are some things I want still, but, uh, that's definitely been a a huge challenge for me. And now that I'm in my studio, then there's studio things that I needed to get. And And I got that piece by piece. I didn't go and get a business loan. Um, you know, I bought shelving a little bit at a time. I bought a desk, you know, just different things that I needed for the business, and to keep it running, and um, so basically, yeah. Now I have that job full time, and I don't have to work on the, the extra jobs. You don't anymore. have any.
0: You don't have two or three other jobs anymore. <laughs> no, <Thank> God. <laughs>
3: yeah. and, and
0: and no loan ever to to get into that. Um, no
3: loan from anyone. Um, I did have some help with certain manufacturers, like donated tools to me. And uh, that was a huge help. I don't think they realize how much that helped, but it did. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah. So that's pretty much been a big challenge.
0: Congratulations. That's thank you. A lot sounds like a lot on your plate for for several years there, and. But the good mm-hmm. news is, I mean, you know, five five years looking back, that that goes by like that quick, right? It did. <laughs> and here you are. Look at how far you've come. What, looking back, is there is there one thing you you now know, like, oh, I could have probably shaved off a year or done this, and it would have alleviated this stress. Is there one thing you can point to that comes to your mind?
3: I probably should have done some sort of invoicing software a long time ago. Because the paperwork has been a stress mm. to me. Yeah. Because it's not really in my wheelhouse. Sure. Um that and having to do everything by myself. Um, I do all my own paperwork, all my everything, all the work that goes into it, the planning. Uh I think some people think I have a team, but it's rare that I have uh help come in, but I do hire temp workers here and there whenever i have an abundance of projects that i need to crank out and have like um strict deadlines Mm. so at that point i do um bring in others but most of the time it's it's just me
0: nice uh lee same question to you um what what's been your big biggest obstacle in the business and how did you overcome it or how are you overcoming it
2: Well, I feel a little guilty because I never had the problem of uh, doing the paperwork, answering the phone, scheduling. Uh, As you know, I have Jane. (laughs) So thank goodness. Um, Without her, I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't make any money because I'd have to hire somebody to do all those things. Um, But the biggest thing, I think, for me over the years, not as much so today but in the past, um, and it, it just did happen on a job, is people getting between myself and the client. Um, sometimes there's, there's this whole chain of command. There's designers and GCs and architects, and oh, and then the painter has an opinion too. There's, sometimes it just seems like there's all these people like in the middle. You have to have 10 meetings to get to the point that I made day one after five minutes in the meeting and it's just exhausting the time it takes out of um out of your days um when you know what the answer is but you you just can't like say all right everybody shut up i got it you know you have to go through the process and i don't mind doing you know i do that with clients all the time and i get that if i'm working you know which i always do uh 90% of the time is work directly with the client. So I'm more than happy to go through that process with them because I want to make sure that they um, uh, get exactly what they're, what they were uh, looking for. Um, But I'm, I can help guide them much more quickly if I'm in direct contact, not telling the designer who tells the GC, who tells the client. And by the time it gets back to me, it, doesn't sound quite like what I said.
3: Yeah, know? yeah.
2: So, but unfortunately, um, um, for the most part, I, I I don't have to deal with that anymore just because of my reputation. I guess uh, even the designers they know I'm not stepping on their toes, and they'll, they'll gladly just step aside. And they know I've got it handled, and that, they know they're in good hands.
0: Yeah, that was. I mean, how how did you get to that point? I mean, that seems like a a mountain of a task in itself. You know, you know. I mean, I understand what you're saying. You're not. You're, you know, at some point you step in and and take over the communication with the client, Um, but they're still involved, obviously, in the project. But I could imagine that you know some designers I know wouldn't want wouldn't want that relationship to look like that.
2: It's a steep mountain. It really is. But I think if you, um, you know, and it took a while, but um, if you prove yourself over and over and over to have the answer um, within within one meeting, and we all get to move on, and everybody feels good about it and confident, and it's over. Um, We have contractors that hire us specifically for that reason. They don't have to. Once they hire us, they know their job is done. They introduce us to the client. They just took us off of their worry chart or their check-in chart. Sure. They, don't have, they have, There's nothing for them to do. Yeah. Ask us if we need anything. How are you guys doing? How are you having a good day? That's about it. Um. So it's a good place to be, after uh, many years
0: yeah it sounds like a good place and it sounds like it it really does just take time you're not gonna get out go out of the gate and have that you know relationship it's uh
2: be careful yeah you know you you, or else you can make a lot of enemies real quick you
0: know so so i think now's a good time to jump into the the pricing um questions and i just want to um, I'm gonna share a screen here before we get into the pricing questions just because there might be some folks who haven't really seen um, your work so I just want to share we're not obviously we can't look at it like all your work but we're gonna share a few a few posts here uh, this is something Angie created uh, I believe last year um, or in the last you know, sometime in the last 12 months for sure and, and shipped it to a contractor states away uh it's it's a i'm looking at a tree stump for all of you listening yeah uh, mo- that
3: was in progress it was before grouting
0: oh okay this was before grouting so if you're mm-hmm. listening you can you can hop over to youtube about the 30 minute mark and and look at these photos um this is another uh, angie uh project here um i think it says corvette there
3: Mhm. It's for uh, bar and grill. For
0: for a showroom bar, oh, bar and grill. Mhm. And then uh, Indian street food, Curry Up Now, which I I think is a chain.
3: Yeah. Because I yeah. think I've
0: eaten there. Yeah. So so that's but you got you got like the local one in Utah, or
3: yeah, and it's a backlit sign. So they've they hung that up. It's uh, mounted on plexiglass, and they backlit and framed it out. Very cool. And it's inside the restaurant.
0: And then um, uh, this one is for?
3: That's for a fraternity. um, And it's actually for like a shower. For, I think there's like, it was a huge shower. So it's a medallion that goes in there. Is it like 36 inches or? Oh, no, that's, I think it's five feet This one's five five feet in
0: diameter. Wow. Mm -hmm. Five feet in diameter. It's huge. So you're doing some really, really big stuff. This is one of your latest for uh, Dan Hecox. Came out. Came out. Phenomenal. Excellent. And then we're going to get into uh, some of Lee and the Dragonfly team, their work. Um, What are we looking at, Lee?
2: We're looking at a 13 foot cobra (laughs) that started up. It started out. It started at about 18 inches. Wow! Something happened as usual. (laughs) Never fails. It kept growing, huh? Yeah, I couldn't stop. It just sometimes the art tells you what to do.
0: It's phenomenal. And then this was a what was this one? A project? A a personal project? Oops, sorry.
2: Well, the the left one, the muse. Was an experiment with a new templating process. Uh, uh, the right one was also that I was going to sell, but Jane, uh confiscated it the minute I finished it. So uh, she's going to have it installed. She's going to have me install it.
0: Okay, very cool. And then Lee has employees. So these are evidently three of your employees, right? yeah they're all young which i'd I'd love to talk to I don't know if we're gonna to get to employees today or not but if anybody's you know having trouble finding employees I always recommend reach out to lee he's got a great attitude he he attracts young eager people eager to work with the art um aspect of things am i summarizing that correctly yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and then this was your project as well right correct
2: yeah was a uh, cherry blossom trees in a uh and Oceanside glass shower,
0: just amazing, amazing stuff Radiation. here. And then obviously some more what we would call more standard, you know, type tile. I mean, even though this bathroom was pretty wild, um, there's how many square feet of subway tile in this thing?
2: Uh, I, uh, I don't
0: even I, like thousands, a, several even, thousand.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a vault.
0: It's a vaulted. Uh, is this a master bath?
2: This is a. A boathouse.
0: A boathouse.
2: And every, other than the door trim and win- window trim, everything is tiled. Incredible. Everything.
0: Incredible. And then uh, Joshua up in Alaska gets to work with a lot of, um, you know, it's scenery, like mountain scenery, like we're looking at here. Um, the orca in the bottom of the pool. Um, and then this was, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but this was in your personal home.
1: Yes. That's in our personal home. We just finally looked, you know, it, it was untiled forever and just indecisive on what to do. And I just found this cool image online and thought, Oh, that'd be a cool tile pattern. And uh, we made that with a couple, couple down days we had in our schedule.
0: Nice. We've got a question from the audience I'd like to address real quick. Chris, uh good to see you brother. Thanks for being here with us. What is the base for the mosaic leaf? Looks well made, Angie. This this one? Chris. Leaf. Mosaic leaf. I'm not sure what you can you can get with them um later. If we don't get the answer to that one. I'm not sure which which one you were...
1: You might have been asking what the base was for the mosaic stump.
0: Stump. Okay.
1: Well, it's off the leaf, but that makes more sense.
0: Probably foam board, right, Angie, for the stump? Oh, I muted her. I'm sorry. You had a... um, Something was going on. Angie, was that foam for the stump?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was a high-density foam for the stump.
1: Yes.
0: This is another... Nordstrom Project, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was for a couple private pilots up in Anchorage. Um, a really cool stairwell just really framed the piece. But that's actually their airplane. Um, and it's a compass rose flying over a, a glacier. If you kind of tilt your head, you'll see there's a a mountain range yep. over its left wing. And it's, it's, kind of, uh, it's flying over a glacier.
0: What was the dimensions on that?
1: Uh, I think
0: that was 54 inches. Very cool. And then I, I, I think this is one of my personal favorites. Um, it's a, it's a shower with uh, plank porcelain, uh, high gloss. It looks like and a, a amazing mountain scene. Which did you say this is out your window or? <clears throat>
1: Yeah, well, it's out of just about everybody's window here. That's okay. looking across Ketchumack Bay at the um, uh, the glaciers. Um, so I do a lot of mountain scenes up here, um, and that's just another one. And that one's really cool because, it's like you said, it's high gloss. The field tile is all high gloss, so that the mural is just on the back wall, and what you're seeing on the left and right are the reflections. So it appears to be a full wrap, but it's not.
0: That's what I thought. That's that's what I thought. So, just um, incredible stuff. Everybody, uh, you should be very proud of yourself and, and your work. Um, very talented here. So, how the heck do you charge? How do you calculate price for stuff like this? Josh, you're, you're first up.
1: Ooh, yay. Um, how? Well, I guess it's just like any other job. You go into it with a mindset of, well, how much time is it going to take? Uh, so, it's time and materials. And then you just, you need to add some time on because everything always takes longer. Um, You know, that's the way I go into every job and just try to think, well, is it going to take me a week? Is it going to take me three weeks to fabricate it? And then, you know, just go off your day rate and do the math. Um, You know, you can, you can do it by the square footage. Um, but you know, I think a lot of times that scares people away. If you come in and say, Oh, you know, I could do this for 350 bucks a square foot. People are gonna be like, yeah, right. You can. Sounds like a big, um, yeah. So you can go that way or you can even break it down per tile. You know, like the piece I'm working on now is just under 400 tiles and you know, it's just under four grand. So, you know, so you can look at it. It's, it's, you know, it's around $10 per tile mm-hmm. for fabrication. So, you know, you can you can kind of weigh it out any way you want. Um, you know, if you go with a square footage price, I think a lot of times people are going to get sticker shock. So you have to kind of go into it and explain, you know, well, this is, you know, we're taking boxes of square tile and we are physically hand shaping every single tile. Um, you know, you got to kind of explain your process and people, people pretty much realize the process once we're far enough into the, into the consultation and everything. Um, that they understand, you know, what they're paying for, um, because it's, it's definitely a few steps above the normal tile work. So, um, yeah, you know, if, uh, if I think it's going to take me two weeks in the shop, then I'll, you know, I'll add on another three or four days just because that's just what happens. It's, you know, you just run into a few things that always slow you up, um, I think out of all the jobs I've ever done, I think I've probably only came out ahead on like two of them. Mm. Um, And I know that sounds crazy, but um, I don't know. It's for me, it's, I do it more because I love it than, you know, than to be getting rich off it. You know, I started out in Southern Arizona and, and I told everybody I was moving to Alaska to do tile art. People thought I was crazy. It's like, why are you going to Alaska of all places to do tile art? You should stay in the Southwest. I was like, well, it's not for me. It's like, um, I, I'm doing what I what I want to be doing, and, and you know, that's that's the motivating factor. It's not the money. So, you know, 20 years down the road here, now the money's finally starting to come around. Um, so, you know, I don't know how much of a balance there there is there for it but
0: um, so so now 20 years on knowing what you know now and and you're saying the price i mean yes it's you know you love it and you enjoy it and, and you live and work with in a beautiful area probably with pretty calm natured people because of the environment right and so you're kind of choosing to be there for several reasons would you would you go back and tell your younger self hey like you could take some pain away because, I mean, money is a tool. We need it. Sometimes it hurts if we don't have enough of it or we can't, you know, get get like a physical tool or, you know, hot water or whatever. But is there something you could give yourself, your younger self, advice like do this, like, you know, from day one and you'll be able to charge a little more or, you know, alleviate some of that pain? I mean, we talked about the bookkeeping Um is there anything, any advice you, you would give yourself if you could go back and talk to your younger self?
1: Uh, if I could go back, it would be on the business side of things, you know, and not just don't think that I'm rich every time I do a job, you know, because I didn't realize that, you know, my business needs to make as much or more money than I do mm. in order for my business to survive. There's yeah. a lot of overhead. Um, so, you know, I'm not, a I'm, you know, I'm making money for myself and making money for my business. I'm making money for my employer or my employee and I'm making money for the government. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have their hands out. Um, so, if, you know, if I was to go back in time, you know, I'd have a swift talk with myself about the whole business side of things.
0: About the numbers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where I'd be today. Um, you know, as, the, as, the, as the art goes, I think, you know, that just kind of, um, takes on a life of its own, you know, and, and you just kind of own your style over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, I started off making tile from scratch and then, um, found myself doing tile work. So then I, you know, I found myself being a tile contractor. So I went and got myself licensed and all that. And then was working, you know, back in the day of the travertine days, I was cutting a lot of travertine. I'm like, well, why don't I just try cutting some of these shapes out of travertine? And then the light went on. I'm like, well, I can do everything I'm doing here with the handmade tile and I can do it on soft stone. And that's when the light bulb went off. It's like, Oh, so that's when I kind of put all of my pottery equipment to the side and I just started shaping stone. And then I found, then I was on a job where they asked me if I can cut porcelain. And I was like, well, I guess I can, uh, it's going to be a little harder, uh, which it is a little harder, but it's more stable. Um, so, you know, the whole thing just kind of brings, you know, takes on a life of its own and you just learn little things over the years. Yeah. But if I was to go back, yeah, it would be, it would be strictly business. Like, teach yourself the business. Yeah. I mean, in order to get a, a driver's license, you got to take a test and you got to, you know, all that. In order to get a contractor's license, you just have to write a check.
0: So, so are, are and you, so you're giving them a hard price, right? Does that, or are you saying yeah. this is a soft price, it could go up?
2: Well,
1: you know, I usually go into it and just give them uh, a bid and I usually stick to my bid uh, unless something drastically goes wrong. Um, You know, I try to stick to it and I've been doing it long enough now where I have a really good idea of how much time something will take. Some, you know, usually, you know, I don't feel like I'm losing my shirt on every job like I used to, Yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's like, you got to build a portfolio too. So you got to kind of be willing to lose your shirt on a few jobs to, to gain the knowledge and experience to move on to the next one. So
0: there's a couple things. I'll, I'll just try to condense it real quick. This is a very common method for pricing. Obviously give me the price. What's it going to cost for, for this product, right? Okay. So you need Josh says he has to be very realistic about his timeframe, his estimated timeframe. The only way he could do that is yes, 20 years experience, but also, For all you apprentices out there or whoever starting a business, write down every single day, calculate those hours from the phone calls that you don't win. You know, how much time are you talking to people that you don't even work for? And, and you've got to calculate all this stuff. How like realistically, I mean, we'll look at a backsplash and a hundred guys will say, Oh, it's a day job, a day job. What are you kidding me? So you really have to know like, okay, that was 14 and a half hours. That was 18, you know, and then you get to know, Oh, wow, there's a pattern. There's a pattern developing here. And you know, I look at your work and I, I think like, man, I, I would never know how long this shower is going to take me. Well, I've never done one, um, and you know, you've done a, a bunch of these now type of projects. So you're, you know, you're starting to understand because because you've been paying attention. And also, the other side of the coin is get with your bookkeeper, know realistically what a business has to make in order to succeed. It's not just your hourly rate. So those two things I want to just put out there. Angie, same question to you. How are you coming up with your prices? How do you charge?
3: Okay. Well, now I have kind of a, a more organized way of coming up with the price. When I first started, I was, it was like, what do I do? Just create a price out of thin air. Like I had no idea, but it did take time. Um, Like Josh was saying, uh, I try to estimate how many weeks a project will take. And the only way that I know that is from a previous project that's similar. Now, each one of my projects are completely different, but um, the techniques uh, in one project might be similar to the techniques I would use in, different project so I'll come up with a um a a weekly salary I already have that set what what I want to make per week Um, so I would say to do that estimate the um how many weeks it'll take estimate how much all the material all of the material will be and um I have like a little chart that I wrote Of the different things the main components that I use and um, I don't know if you can see that but I've got design fees um, labor all materials I need and then there's a percentage of profit for business that's important I wasn't always doing that and shipping and sales tax so because I ship out most of my um, Most of my custom tile work to be installed, I have to calculate shipping and and sales tax, things like that. Um, But basically, the design fees, labor and materials, what that total is, I come up with the percentage for the profit for the business. And that's the money that I need to put back into my business and hold it there, you know. For to keep it going, like yeah. Josh was saying. Yeah. So those all these components um, formulate the price, and some people try to look at it like you know, wow, that's like three hundred fifty dollars a square foot, <laughs> right? You know, but if you want to look at it that way, yeah, it is, you know. Or sometimes it's even more but it's all based on the, the level of detail. Um, so if I were to do a mosaic that had larger style pieces that were like, you know, three, four inches, um, that would be a different price point than the fine detail. The smaller the tile, the more expensive it is, basically, um, because there's so many more pieces that need to be cut. Uh You know, when I'm doing lettering, um, believe it or not, that's so time consuming to do like a hexagon floor with cursive lettering throughout because not only do you have to cut all the pieces of the lettering, but you also have to cut and scribe around all the pieces on the outside of those letters Uh and, um, and mounting and whatnot. But so, I guess it does take experience. There's no, um, I would definitely say to start creating like a spreadsheet of different style mosaics, different types of mosaics that you might want to do, or just stick with one style and um, figure out how long it takes you. Because that's where, as artists, I think where we get the starving artist stigma, because there's a lot of times we spend way more time on a project just because we want to make it look super cool and we lose out on the profit because we spent so much time trying to get it right.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: So, you know. You win some, you lose some there. So do you have a we're, we're gonna do what we want anyways? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I hear that is there like if you, if you projected, you know, 40 hours for a project, I mean, I'm, are you checking yourself, you know, at 20 hours saying, "Eh, am I, am I, am I there? Am I, am I doing good? Am I ahead of schedule? Can I slow down? Can I, do I have to speed up?
3: Yeah, I try to, I try to actually make myself a schedule and try to keep on track and um, you know, by making small goals. Like I want to be 25% done by this day, maybe 50% done by this day. And that way I can kind of keep myself in check mm-hmm. and, um, not busy myself with other things or, you know, try to micromanage my own time. Yeah. So that I can make the most out of what I'm doing. You
0: know, yeah. I, I would, I would think so. That's, that's awesome. Um, we're getting uh, a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna address it after we talk to Lee about his pricing. Um, but if you if the audience has questions, feel free to put them up in the comment section. Lee, same question to you. How are you charging? How are you coming up with your prices? Um, any any different or any different spin?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I think I think early on in my career, I made a decision that I the only way I was going to be in this industry is if I did high end. Uh, residential work, because there's so much artistry involved um, in it, just inherently because of what it is. The materials, on and on and on. But um, and over time, uh, what that's translated into is we're a T and M contractor. I mean, for the most part, when we're hired, it's you know it's time and materials. Here and there, uh, we might give a range for budgeting. You know, if they want to know if, uh, you know, 10, it's going to be between 10 and 15, whatever that range might be, if that helps them uh, put their budget together for the project. A lot of times we're putting artwork in the house. We're also doing other tile work in that house.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And then I think the other thing about our approach to some of these things, the picture isn't always clear when we start it starts with inspiration. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of our clients, you know, it starts with, I like, um, a certain, I like nature. I like this. I like the, whatever it is. Um, and that just kind of gets the ball rolling. There's no way we could even give them a price just in the manner in which we approach how organically it all just kind of comes together. Um, it happens over time, and they're involved the whole time. Um, many times, they'll come to the shop and look over the sketches, and then you know the material selections and um, tweaking the design. Uh, so it would be impossible, almost, for most of our our pieces to even give them a price, mm-hmm. just because they evolve. And they also know, you know, anybody in town that's uh, worked around me knows that I will never pass up an opportunity. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a price and then skip opportunity to make it better because uh, I have to stick to. You're running that out of
0: time. Yeah.
2: No, if I see an opportunity, I go to the client and say, "Hey, whoa, stop! We got to do this," and they're almost always totally on board. Mm. So we're always looking for, you know, opportunity to make it, um, to make it better.
0: Are you 100% percent t and then?
2: Just about. Just about. Here and there, um, little filler jobs. Like a backsplash or, or something. To, yeah. yeah. Just, the, you know, and most of the time the apprentices can do those. Sure. Um, and they're a good experience for them to go do those type of things and and those people want to but as far as 90% of our work it's all it's 100% TNM.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I w- I was expecting all three guests today to be heavily TNM but that's not the case here as as we've seen. Have you how how many years have you been TNM um, eh, Lee? Uh, 20. 20 years. And and you're lo- you're obviously loving it otherwise you wouldn't and it, it works for you and your clients. What, do you have any pushback over the 20 years? I mean, now you're probably at a point where everybody kind of knows the routine. But some years ago, was there a lot of pushback when you first introduced that pricing structure?
2: Um, I guess there were some that, you know, because it, it's not the norm. Um, but I had already been around when we started this business. I had already been working in this region for 17 years um, 15 years. So I had already built a reputation when we started this business. So it, it, that transferred and, um, those, a lot of people found me after Jane and I started Dragonfly. Obviously I wasn't reaching out to people that's, you know, cause I was working for somebody else, but they found me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it, it just it it was a pretty smooth transition.
0: It's good to it's good to be in demand and realize that and recognize that. Right, we've got a question from Kim. If someone if a client says uh, they have a X amount of budget, not to go over it, you you know will you alter your design to fit that budgetly? Yeah, we've done it. Sure, we've done it. Yeah, if
2: somebody really wants a piece of art and you know. People of all income brackets love art. Yeah. So I mean, and if somebody really wants a piece, uh, and I'll just say, well, this is what we can do for that, for what, for your budget, for what you want, this is what we can do.
0: So I have a, a question yeah, for you, you for you as well as Angie. We forgot to ask this to both of you. If you could go back in time and, and give your younger self a talking to. Uh, Angie, would you what would you tell your younger self to to, to avoid or change or
3: uh, I would tell myself to learn accounting and bookwork, all that kind of stuff, um, and definitely take notes, cleave notes, journals. I would love to have seen um, my progress in like a notebook form on each project mm-hmm. so that I could refer back to that and like, okay, I used this material because there's a lot of times where I'm like, I know I did this before and I just can't remember yeah. what that technique, how did I do that? You know, I would definitely take notes on each project um, and tell myself to keep up with the time. I don't, keep track of time because, uh, because I'm working on multiple projects, it would, it would be like, you know, it would be cool if I had a little chess timer and they're like, okay, I started that one, stopped working on that one, started on this one. You know, I, that's one thing I don't really keep up with. I do keep up with days. Like yeah. I don't know how many days that I work on a project, but not necessarily hours. Um, but I think I would do that. Uh, if I went back, I would try to keep track of that to to better judge how long a specific project would take and uh, but definitely the accounting and bookwork or either early on hire somebody to do that for you mm-hmm. very early
0: it's great advice i I love the the journal right I mean it's so important mm-hmm. for for any contractor i don't care what you're doing uh Make a a folder, you know, a journal, whatever you know, electronic, pen and paper. Put the grout, the the, the materials used, the the days you work, the hours. The the husband's wife's name, emails, uh, dog's name. I mean, pack it full of. It with a, I mean, these days, like I say, you would, we can use a CRM, a digital CRM, like we have at Happy Tile Guy, or a pen and paper works just as good. Often,
3: yeah, progress pictures, yeah, you know progress I mean? photos.
0: Mm-hmm. Lee, how about you? Would you, if you had a time machine, what what would you tell your younger self?
2: I would have said, "Go find somebody like us." Go, go find that, where is that, per, where is that, Angie, where is that, Joshua, Where, where is that person, I want to go work for you for a while, and um, I could have, you know, t- it took a long time to learn some things by trial and error, that um, had I known somebody, uh, God, if I would have had somebody like that at, at 25 years old... Um, I would have been doing more artwork and at a quicker pace many, 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 many years ago. Mm -hmm. But it all had to happen. There was nobody. There was nobody teaching. Um, If there was, there were far and few in between. Maybe they weren't in my region. Um, A lot of excellent craftsmen around here. But um, I didn't know anybody who did anything like this. So it was like, I just figured it out through a picture, made a template, cut the piece. Does it fit? You know, on and on and on and on. So if I were um, anybody out there looking for uh, or looking to get into this type of work, I would strongly suggest, you know, and we're, we are all trying to help. And we have been through different different uh, avenues, uh, round tables, the guild, you know, on and on and on. Um, we're trying to give them an upper hand, but if you really want to do this, seek out those people in your region and pick their brain if nothing else you know strike up a relationship with that person. they can really help you uh, they can really help you advance into it a little more quickly and maybe a little less maybe. Uh, well, you're still going to lose a little money here because it's hard work. You can make decisions that cost you money. Yeah, it, you know. So, but anyway, I
0: think now,
2: that's the one thing I would have done.
0: Excellent advice. I, I see a lot of apprentices. You know, I mean, we see it in the in the group from time to time, and I know it's everybody's kind of pet peeve. Um, you know, somebody who's a one year apprentice, you know, asking for business advice because they're striking out on their own. Granted, some of us are just going to do that no matter what, but it's, I I think Lee's advice there is, is solid. Get, get your apprentice in the, in the chosen kind of, if you find yourself more driven towards the art and you're working for a commercial contractor, who's slamming in Seven Eleven bathrooms, maybe find yourself somebody else to work under, um, kind of get a little bit more well-rounded. And it's not always possible, you know, maybe you live in an area where, you know, you just can't find that person to work for. There are some digital um, tools. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of them, Lee. Why don't you expand, tell everybody what you're doing with the the Guild, the Facebook group, and, and please tell everybody what you're doing with the NTCA Um because these are these are avenues, I mean, like I'm saying, people throughout the world, if they're interested in this type of work, can go and, and learn from the people who are doing it.
2: Well, I guess, to start with, uh, the Guild was started for that purpose. It was to um, help uh, others and show them that they're, and, and to show the, some people that uh, there's a lot more of us than they may have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's always been the community, Sure. but I think it's much broader than a lot of people ever really knew. Um, and then, to, and, and that when you find that out, well, there's now you have that community, yeah, uh, for support, um, you name it. Mm. Uh, so that kind of transferred over into us starting to do the artisan roundtables, uh, and NTCa artisan roundtables, and that's also its main focus is highlighting other artists, um, uh, showing tools, methods, uh, materials, anything we can do mm-hmm. to, uh, help them not be in the place we may have been, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so those are just a couple of things. We're, you know, we're, we're doing something, uh, Joshua and I are doing a presentation for, uh, coverings, um, once again, it's education and just, uh, I think we're, we're hope the hope is the more widespread this is. Um, I think people are going to see there is a call for it. People just don't know about it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm, yeah, exactly. And that's, I, I brought that very important point up earlier is people don't know what they don't know. I mean, they, if all they think they can get is, you know, ugly tile or standard tile, right, square tiles, rectangle, you know, whatever, or maybe sheet tiles, which sometimes, you know, they're going to end up spending, you know, quite a bit on. They could get something truly custom, truly one of a kind, but they don't know where to find it. So, um, I it's an important point. Um, if you want to get into this work, make sure you're associating with these three as well as everybody else in the guild, and, and join those NTCA uh, Zoom meetings, um, the artisan roundtables. Um, now we had a couple questions from the audience. Uh, what does anybody have any favorite uh, materials to work with? Porcelain, ceramic, marble. Uh, Josh, do you have a, a personal favorite?
1: You know, there's no favorite for me. It's all color. You know, it's it's just looking for the right color and texture. Uh, try to stay away from certain materials. If you've got some really small pieces, um, you know, a lot of veining and whatnot, and stone isn't going to work out well for you if you got real small pieces. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess if I had a favorite, it'd probably be porcelain, just because porcelain's just really stable and, and you know stays together when you cut it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of stone that's really stable too. And, you know, I'm working on a ceramic piece now. It's really super stable. So, um, I don't have a favorite. It's, it's just for me, it's just picking out, I don't pick out a favorite, favorite type of tile. I pick out the colors and then just deal.
0: Whatever's best. Angie, do you have a favorite product to work with?
3: Yeah, I think I do. Uh, well too. I like um, to work with marble and glass. So those two are my favorites. Um, I think it goes back to like ancient mosaics. Uh, I really like the style. Mosaics have been around for centuries, you know, and um, taking it back, you know, the original mosaics were made with like glass and stone and, all, all types of materials, but um, I really enjoy working with marble and uh, and glass. And I've been cut and I bleed almost every day.
0: Do you do you do any um, water water jet cutting for your stuff?
3: Occasionally, occasionally when, yeah. when the project calls for it. So because each project is unique, uh, I, I work with it many different styles. so I'm open. Uh, try to keep try to keep my mosaics diverse so basically I cater to the client what they're looking for and I replicate what they think that they want so um, occasionally I do uh, use water jets mm-hmm. very but cool I, for the most part try to not use water jet but i do i do on situations where it needs to be like perfect
0: everything. The question was worded in such a way that I think they thought all you do is water jet cutting and I knew that wasn't the case. I wanted to highlight that. Her work looks the way it does because it's handmade um, and it is spectacular. It seems like a machine might make some of those cuts but it's, a, it's an art form uh, that um, she's developed and perfected. Lee, how about <laughs> yourself? Any favorite materials to work with?
2: Uh, natural stone. It's always been my we, even in our business, we've always, we've always uh, installed more marble, granite, onyx, uh, limestone, uh, natural materials, more so than uh, tile, ceramic, or porcelain. So really it's that. And then I just love incorporating brass and glass and uh, metals, whatever I can, into it as well. But for the most part, I, I just love the, the beauty inherent in the natural stone itself so it just it it elevates uh the piece just because it has that unique modeling built in
0: excellent uh we've got a question from from Patrick Keith up in um he's in a similar area to Josh actually on the water in, in Canada on a little on an island there have any of you had a project that you were able to keep open ended like Um, it's basically TNM, uh, which we know Lee has the end result is paramount. They'd pay whatever it costs. seems like it would be ideal. Um, do those projects come up often where it's a blank check, so to say. And if any, if the audience has questions, now's the time to, to, to put them up. We're going to wrap this up pretty soon. So, uh, do you ever get any blank check clients, Josh?
1: Uh, no, I'm still waiting for that person to to call me. So if you're out there, um, look me up. <laughs> How about
0: you, Angie?
3: Um, I have a little bit, but you know, it wasn't like on a large scale. More a smaller scale project. Um, but like Josh, I'm waiting for that, that that large blank check. That would be nice. <laughs>
2: So I think I think the thing to remember with that though is um, it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, you have to just because it's T and M, you still you still better have the the respect of that client mm-hmm. and what they are paying you to do it. If uh, if you were to take advantage of that situation, uh, that would get around pretty quickly. So even though it's TNM, you have to be respectful of that fact um, and honor that they are trusting you uh, to make it happen in a timely fashion just because it's a so-called blank check. They know and trust us that we're not, we need to make extra money this week, so we're just going to drag our feet. Well, that's not the case, and you wouldn't last long around Uh here if that word got out that right. you were gouging people.
1: Sure. You know, one thing I wanted to add, um, for my pricing is, you know, a lot of times I'll charge for the fabrication of the piece and then there's an installation cost too. So it's not all lumped together. So there's the, you know, the fabrication and then there's the install because, you
2: know, the install has
1: it's own complications too. Um, never know exactly what you're going to run across for the install, so I, that's something I've done here the past couple of years. Is all, I'll, I'll charge the fabrication, and then I'll charge for the install. Mm. So
0: that makes sense. the The other problem with those open ended jobs, I would imagine, as smaller operations, um, and I'll just put this out there, maybe it'll help someone. It could be a, it could be detrimental because all of a sudden now you have one client for maybe a year and you have to reject all the other clients so for smaller businesses that's something to keep in mind as well it's always a uh, a balance there i put your last name out there um lee it, it, someone's looking to get a hold of you on facebook it's uh, caliwart is that how you pronounce it caliwart uh, caliwart caliwart okay yeah. caliwart um and then thomas wants to know uh I guess what's the best way to get a hold of all three of you to talk and discuss about uh, future projects? Would that be the the Facebook group, the the Guild, probably?
2: Yeah, or message private message us, or um,
3: yeah, that's probably the best private way. message. Yeah, my contact information is on my website and on all my social media, so I could take calls, text, email, instant message.
0: Easy to get a hold yeah. of.
2: Mm. Yeah, we're all pretty easy to get get a hold of, I think, except for uh, you might want to think about what time you're calling Joshua.
0: Yeah, up in Alaska. If
2: you, if you live on the East Coast, yeah, you might want to do a time check on that one. Wait
0: wait till after lunch for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, this question, um, how long did it take to get to that client base that requested you know the artwork the inlays um i mean you want to give a, a a year amount uh josh we already discussed this towards the beginning
1: it's hard to put a time on that um you know it's living in a small place everything you do you know they they show it to their friends and people talk and um so i mean i you know i when i first moved here i did uh Homer had their first annual home show, which is nothing like any home show that anybody's ever been to. It was really small in the gymnasium, and um, I did that,
3: and that really put me on the map.
1: People were like, oh, my gosh, look at the tower work this guy's doing. So between that and just, you know, I'd say a year or two, just out there pounding the pavement and, you know, doing, you know, offering some kind of a mosaic on every single job I was on, it didn't take long for people to realize that, you know, this is the guy that does the mosaic work. So, you know, I'd say a couple of years really. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 20 years down the road, that's, that's and it's almost, it almost kind of haunts you in a way that, you know, people are like, Oh my God, here. So he's the, there's the expensive guy. All he does is this high end artwork, but that's, that's not the case. I mean, you know, people, I don't know, people just think because you do this, Really cool installs that you're super high end, and well, I mean, it's it's high end because it takes ten times as long as a normal shower. Mm. People just don't quite understand that. So,
0: wait so just just get your name out there, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna be different in every case, right? I mean, you know, but I would say it's yours definitely before you're getting to the type. I mean, that's for any business, frankly. I mean, I I don't consider myself an artist in the genre of U three. But just for, you know, the type of clients I wanted to work for in California, I mean, three, five years before I'm starting to see them on a regular basis, flush them out. Right. And and starting to attract them, you know, and they're, you know, these you know, working for friends of uh, clients who who liked who liked our work and liked our crew. So um, I I think I would say three to five years is probably standard. Uh, We got a couple more questions here. I want to get to. Um, Does anybody have a YouTube channel? no
3: no okay. i i've started one but i would like to get involved in that i actually watched your or listen to your podcast about doing youtube videos it's on my list of things to do yeah
0: i i would think it'd be a good one um angie um set up get yourself a camera with a time lapse or you know however mm-hmm. i'm not going to tell you how to do it but I, I would think you would have a lot of opportunity i mean all three of you um so we see there's a there's at least one person here who would subscribe right away. So it's, it's good. Uh, all right. This question is going to bring us into the employee topic a little bit. We'll touch on that. I know we're going a little long here. Um, anybody need to run? Are we good for another 10 no. minutes? Okay. Uh, how would you go about paying someone who is really serious to learn if they are proficient in tiling, remodeling, remodeling carpentry, they'd hate to start them out at a labor or rate? Josh, do you have an employee?
1: Uh, yeah, first one here ever I've had for a year now. Um, so I'm still learning that, um, you know, Lee's probably the better person to ask because he's definitely had more apprentices under his belt. Um, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like, you know, starting them off at a fair wage, you don't want to start too high because, you know, you don't, I mean, You got yeah. they got to work themselves up, you know? I mean, it's just that there's a fine edge there of, you know, um, I don't know, Lee. Lee, <laughs> know.
0: Lee what about you? How, t- take us from the beginning. How, how do you find your employees and, and do you start them out at minimum wage or is it better? Is it worse? What's- it wouldn't be worse it's
2: probably better it's probably a little better than than that but um not much because they're they i would prefer somebody that is completely green
0: like 18 years old
2: i'd rather they know nothing yeah um it's just a lot easier you know but no no learned bad habits you know you know you know why all the reasons why that's But so, yeah, and they're generally going to be younger, um, which is another challenge, Um, especially when you get a little older, you know, uh, there's a couple generations between myself and some of my employees, so um, you have to be, you have to almost be more uh, of a parent at times, just because you're accepting of your children, right, when they do things that uh, annoy you, but you know they just don't know any better. Mm. So it's a little like that where, you know, you don't come from the same time period they do, so you have to be open. But I think they, they, they decide how fast they progress. I always tell my employees that. That's that's up to you. I'm giving you uh, the information, the training uh, the tools you need to, to move forward in your training. So you determine that. Just because you were here for two years doesn't mean uh, there's a certain rate that you get because of that. It depends on what you've done with that two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all understand that. And I've had employees that understand that they haven't put forward, forth the effort and understand why they're stuck not making what they should make. Um, and stuck in a position in the company that maybe they could have uh, not, not be in if they would apply it themselves. So for the most part, they do understand uh, that it is on them. Mm. You know?
0: and, and now I'm going to stress this point again. Anybody who's wanting to develop a, a full apprenticeship program, get with lee talk to lee pick his brain follow him his social media posts and what he talks about because lee's somebody who starts them young uh green we should say and 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 develops them to be an installer on their own and and he also has a from what i understand a, a good history of retaining employees and his employees actually like him. <laughs> to, it, I, I met Lee because 18 months ago, he, or, or thereabouts, I believe, he won uh, uh, the first of of its kind from within the NTCA Award, which was a, a tile artisan craftsperson of the year award. Um, and I met Lee and Jane in, in Nashville and the the reason Lee won that award is his employees actually nominated him for that award. So I don't know a lot of people who can say that their employees would would care enough to stick around after you know uh, so lo- so many years plus nominate them for an award like this. So I mean that that in itself speaks uh, volumes to your character and the business you built Lee. So congratulations again. I'm I I, I was impressed when I, when I heard that story and I'm still impressed to this day. Um, I think that's it for all the questions. Did, did we miss anything that anybody wanted to, 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 get in here before we hang up, before we conclude? Sounds like we we covered the basis. We covered everything, right? For the, for well, the most
2: the we are there is an opening at Dragonfly, just so everybody
0: knows. Oh good to know. There's an opening at Dragonfly. There's an opening with there might be an opening with Angie, right?
3: Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> You're I'm I, still trying to <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough with me. I I do uh temp work. Um So it's mostly the grunt work Mm -hmm. uh, and not necessarily the designing end or or the fabrication part of it, but it's more cutting tile, you know, 5,000 times in a specific shape, you know, that type of thing.
0: Now, are you going to look for a a green horn, so to speak, or are you going to look for a a tile person?
3: Well, I would be open to both, but the thing with the... I mean, it's good to have experience, but it's also what you can afford to pay for because you're not necessarily, no- I wouldn't necessarily be paying anybody to install or to do installations. I do, uh, I would be doing studio work. So, um, that would be more so what I would look for an apprentice type position.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And Jane came in and wanted to remind everybody that the tile artisan guild on Facebook. That's where you will, um, tile artisans plural. I should have said on, on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. That's where you will find all three of these tile artisans. Um, listen, everybody. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here today. Um, and sharing your knowledge, sharing what you've learned. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate your commitment to the industry and um, that's, you know, I, I hope you guys all have a great day. Talk, talk to you later, Josh, uh, Angie, and Lee. Thank
2: Thanks you. Lot, Luke.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Luke.
0: <laughs> My pleasure. All right, tile friends. Well, I truly enjoyed uh, that discussion. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Until next week, have a great rest of your Sunday evening. Have a great week. And as always, stay profitable tile friends.